Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. It's me, Stephen Johnson, Jeevan Stonson. Uh, there's a man over there called Tim Bowen. I don't know if you'd like to say a little bit of a hello there. Hello there. Hey, man, how's it going? Uh, it's, it, was, was, that, was that your lame Midwestern? <laughs> you know, I, I know I like, to, I like to make fun of you for being, you know, foreign, whatever country you, you come right. from. I can't remember where. But was, it, was, that, your, was that your Midwestern, Midwestern mocking impersonation right there? Five nine to five, five nine to five, baby. Uh, we've got a, a pretty, pretty epic show for you today. Uh, there's a couple of things to talk about. First off, the market is picking up a little bit more. Second off, uh, we're reviewing the second uh, half, the the kind of the climax, if you will, uh, of Brett Steinberg as 101 lessons to becoming your own trading coach. Uh, which there's some very cool points and some very cool tips. And then we have a very, very beautiful rendition of a song that I've never heard of because I'm too young, but Tim will know it. And uh, it's, it's beautiful. I think Tim was shedding tears earlier. He, he thought it was uh, very touching. You know, it's funny. I grew up listening. You know, Kenny Rogers was, was very, very hot in you know in country music in the early or mid mid to late 70s early 80s which was you know a time I was growing up my parents were country music fans so yes I did I, I think I did actually shed a tear during this this fan submitted audio I thought it was great stuff I, I was shedding tears because it was so painful on me yes no bless them <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. It was good. It was good. But uh, Tim, how's your trading been going? It's it's the market's been slow, but it's picking up. It's yeah, picking yeah. Up. You know, primarily focused on uh, you know, you know, more what I call swing, and you know, I, I always do the air quotes because a lot of these stocks are still somewhat sketchy. But what I call like real stocks, um, there's always a trade somewhere to 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 take the uh, quote from Jim Cramer, but you know. Low price stocks been a little slow, but we've kind of seen them kind of warm up a little bit. And, uh, you know, we're not back to the point of, of 2017 where we had five runners a day, but we're starting to get a little more action. Lately. No, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it. I mean, I don't want to go too, too much into specifics, but uh, NIHD, A-K-E-R, uh, a few of these stocks, and the reason that I love the podcast and the fact that I've actually, I actually learned things from it, believe it or not, I, I'm not just an innocent bystander. The interview that we had on with Phil, when Phil was saying he took paper cuts on the way up, little paper cuts, and he caught the move on the way back down. Uh, I did that with AKR and NIHD, taking very small losses on the way up and shortening on the way down and holding it when I felt like I'd hit the top. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, and, and that's why... One of the reasons, uh, you know, I, we love short selling, both of us. I mean, I was primarily, primarily short seller for 70% of my career. Now, haven't been as aggressive the last couple of years. Kind of feels like it might be coming back, though. I mean, we've seen a lot of spikes and fails lately, which is great for shorting. But the biggest reason so many new short sellers fail is they're not willing to do exactly what you said. They're not willing to lose a couple hundred, lose a couple hundred, lose a couple hundred to make you know, two grand or whatever that number is on the backside because they want to, you know, they'll see some stock up a ridiculous amount. They'll look at the news, look sketchy, all these things, and they grab on and they latch on and they're not willing to take those paper cuts, like you said. 
No, I mean, there was a guy on Instagram the other day and he was saying, oh, what do you think of ECYT or ECYD? Saying, oh, it looks like a nice show, but be careful, get ready to cut it. And he's like, oh, it's, it must be near its top now. Do you not just think you want to short it and just swing it? I was like, no, that is the stupidest, worst thing you can ever do. Never, never think, oh, it's near the top. I'm just going to swing this one short because you don't know how high it can go. And sure enough, I mean, that stock is sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. You know, had an offering. I mean, it, yes, it's dead meat. But as of earlier today, over the weekend, I mean, it gapped up like five or six percent. You know, I mean, that's if, if, if you want to hate your life. Yes, you can hold and try and swing these short. But the best thing to do is if you take them and they gap up, you take that paper cut, you come back the next day, you take that paper cut, because ultimately you can get that huge crash if you are willing to wait and wait for that quote unquote backside. Yeah, and, and there's just one other thing I wanted to maybe bring up before we go back into the book, and that's uh, the interview with uh, Matty Owens, Triforce Trader. Another brilliant piece of advice that he gave was, um, I think actually it was quoted in this book as well, uh, the Brett Steinberger book, is like, your edge can kind of come and go at any time. Uh, so you don't want to be trading too big where you can't afford the loss if it comes. I mean, you should be trading at a reasonable level. So... Uh, at a steady amount that you can afford. So if you do go through a bad patch, you're not going to blow up your account. Uh, you want to have like consistent, nice little wins, maybe 150, 200 bucks. But if you, you, you need to be at the right position size. So if you do have some losses, you can weather this storm if you have a bad run. Yeah, and we've, I think we talked about this in the, during the slow market blues episode. But, you know, the, so many, so many times, new traders do the exact opposite of what you should do. They get, they get in a slump. And what do they do? They add size because they're like, oh, I've got three red trades. I want to make it all up in one. And you should be doing the exact opposite. Just like Matt talked about, just like, you know, you talk about taking those small losses. When you're, when you're in a rough patch, which they're going to come, you and need they to, do come. You, they're always, yep. It's always just, ne- you know, it could be the next tomorrow. It could be today, but you should be scaling back your size till you get your mojo back. So, but, uh, yeah, cause a lot of what I used to do is average up or average down. And now I think instead of going in at one position and averaging up, why don't I just make me initial entry where I would have averaged up and not average up at all. And then mm-hmm. you just end up with a better entry or you miss the trade. But if you miss the trade, you don't lose anything. See, and that's again, a great, great tip. N- nice job. You know, so many, and I, I kind of keep repeating myself, but, but the crux of being the early short seller is, you, you, you need to, I call it letting the trade come to you. So if this stock has gone from a dollar to a dollar 50, it's up 50%, but you see resistance at two, why would you want to jump in there at a buck 50? You know, because all you're doing is open yourself up to another 50% downside before the stock cracks. If you can be patient, if you could say, look, I see resistance at two and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to wait. I'm going to be that sniper. I'm going to be that bow hunter, whatever you want to call it. And if it, if the trade comes to me at two, I take it. And then if it continues higher, it breaks out. That's my stop. I move on. But the biggest thing I see is guys see a stock up 50%. They don't look at the long-term chart. They don't break it down to see where a good entry is. They're just like, oh shit, this stock's up 50%. I got to get in. Yeah, no, and it's the same from the long side. From the long side, you can be like, oh, the stock's just, uh, it's just spiked. 
I need to get in on a, on a pullback. But you, what you could say as well, if it consolidates for 20 minutes, it gives me a good base to buy exactly. off. And I'll risk the base. But people won't wait for the base. They're just like, nah, I don't want to miss it. So, yeah, and that, that's where you'll hear people say like, oh, you know, buying breakouts is, you know, it, it doesn't work. Buying breakouts is hard. Well, if you do exactly like what you said, <laughs> you know, let the thing break out, then wait, see if it consolidates. And then if it re-breaks out, that's that VWAP hold idea I talk about all the time. That's your entry. Your entry isn't chasing it at 9.31 a.m. one minute into the day and you're rushing in because you're like, oh, it's going to go without me. Just chill out, let it consolidate. And then if it re-breaks out, that's your entry with, with risk on consolidation. But when you're, when you're impulsive and you, you, you gotta, gotta get in, man, that's when buying breakouts doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. But um, I guess the main thing that we'll talk about from the book today is, is how you find an edge. So uh, let's, let's start off with that clip, uh, producer. Do your funky thing. Traders commonly refer to having an edge in markets. What this means is that they have a positive expectancy regarding the returns from their trades. Card counting can provide an edge to a poker player, but how can traders count the cards of their markets and put probabilities on their side? That was, that was it. It's the, it's the introduction to us. So basically, uh, the Oops. opening topic is... <laughs> Uh, I how, blew that. I blew that. So that, that was my. That, I was. I was waiting for him to continue. The topic. So, okay. Uh, no, no. So basically, uh, it's yeah. People have edges in everything. Uh, you can have edges in blackjack by counting the cards. You can have edges in trading by uh, doing certain processes beforehand. But how? What advice would you give to people to find an edge? Biggest thing I say is whether it be paper trading or trading small. Those are very, very similar to me. But if you're a new market participant, I say try everything. Try shorting, try going long, try buying breakouts, try buying 52-week highs, try shorting, you know, sketchy stocks. But the biggest thing is you need to track everything and you need to start out with small size. And then what feels good to you, but not only what feels good to you, what does your data reflect? I mean, you might short nine out of 10 times and lose on eight of them where all of a sudden, if you, if you, if you look at other type setups, you're trying, those are the ones that are working for you and giving you the majority of your profits. You might remember some of these momentum stocks more because they're exciting. They're fresh in your memory, but then you'll look and be like, Oh, this swing trade, you know, I, I made, I made 5% in five minutes on this scalp. Whereas this swing trade idea made me 35% in four days. So, but the ultimately, the biggest thing is to have that data. Name your setups. I don't care what you name them. Give them a name, stay consistent, and track those through the end. And not only whether or not they're winners or losers, but look at your percent gains, et cetera. Because if you're, if you're shorting stocks for 2% and you're, and you're, you're right nine out of 10 times. It doesn't really do you any good if you're trading a different setup that makes you 20%. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's so funny how the stock market, it, although it's completely numerical and it's very cold and it can rip your face off if you're not careful, at the same time, it's very personable in the fact that everybody finds their own little thing that they like. 
like for me, I'm in a way my own worst enemy because I love catching the top of a stock. Like I, I, I love it. I've tried it so many times that I'm actually feeling some, uh, I, 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 that's what I'm better at than anything else. But I've, I've got a friend maybe called Jeff Yoko and he loves first red day. He, he, every time he tries to catch the top of a movie, he, he gets squeezed and he loses. Uh, for example, you're completely different. You love short and the late day fades. Uh, yep, you love going yep. long on the VWAP holds. Like everyone has a specific pattern that they just love. Yeah, I mean, and, and even, t- that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because even time of day, I mean, I've talked Very with, important, a, yeah. a, and, I, and I've worked in Stocks to Trade Pro, I've worked with a lot of guys where they're like, I cannot get this market open stuff to work. But, but <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, don't do it. And, but, but they're like, you know what, when I'm patient and I wait till midday, late day, you know, I'm 60, 70% win rate where if I trade the open, I'm 10% win rate or, or my biggest losses come around the open. So also keep that in mind. A lot of this has to do with time of day. I, as you mentioned, when it comes to short setups, I mean, I love those late day fades. Now the, the, the bad, the drawback is quite frequently, depending on your broker, you'll have this great setup. It gets to be 2 p.m. and there's no, no shares to borrow. And we'll, uh, we need to actually have like a short selling special. That, that should be an upcoming episode. We talk about this borrowing shares a lot and stuff. I don't know if a lot of new traders understand that. But back to the setup. I mean, especially from 27 to, I like to say, 2012, 2013. I mean, all you had to do was wait for that setup, that that stock up a bunch on no news or sketchy news that's kind of put in that topping action, and then it's fading post 2 p.m. Now, it's not guaranteed, but you would short into that fading action. You would risk the high of the day. You know, if that stock reclaims the high of the day, you know that you're wrong. I love clear stops like that, but those late day fades were, 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 and they still are very consistent. Drawback is a lot of guys, it, it, trust me, and I've been there many, many, many times. You watch this thing for six hours and then there's no shares. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, when, uh, and I know Tim Sykes, and I know you, you, well, a lot of people would be like, how can you short pre market? You must be mental. But for me, because of the time difference, uh, the, the time when I have me most focused, I'm not around for the afternoon. I've, 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 had to, I've had to be like a polar bear that grows big fur in a coat in the winter. You have to like, uh, not, not, I think it's, I think it's pretty much adapt. cold. I think it's cold year round in the Arctic. I have to evolve. <laughs> I have to evolve. I mean, I, I mean, I, you, you, you also, you also live in the, you currently live in the desert. So you realize that I it's like, war, it, it's warm year round in the desert, right? I'm, I'm like a camel that needs to get enough water. <laughs> no, that, none of that makes any sense at all. No, but like you, you have to get good at one certain thing and, and people don't realize the detail that you need to go into. But like for me, if, if, if you, the best thing that you can do if you're stuck and you want to master something is just say, I'm going to look at one set of, at one time of day and even potentially in one sector. So I'm going to look at uh, stocks that are up Great 50%. Point. Yeah. And I'm, I'm only going to look at how they perform in the first 30 minutes because that's when the most volatility is. And if it does this, it's, it goes against the pattern. If it does this, it stays in the pattern. And, and you, you start working out all of the nuances is, is, is what the stock typically does 
if it closes big red on the day and what it typically does if it runs on the day. You can tell, I think, sometimes by the first 20 minutes of the day. Yeah, and, and, and that's why, and I'm glad you brought that point up because it's something that you traders need to focus on is that time of day scenario. But let's move on on the clip. But what I like when you, when you talk about Steenbarger finding an edge, I love, even though I, I know we argue about shorting pre-market a lot, but I love the fact that, I mean, you are, when you don't get outside your, what you do best, you know, you're very granular. I mean, it's, it's, it's 90% biotechs. It stocks up huge stocks that are at resistance. I mean, when it comes to, and those are the questions we got. I mean, think about that type of granularity when you're looking for that edge. I mean, Steven has like five criteria. Has to fit them all. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and, and then I know I know that criteria so well that if it goes outside, I can immediately be like, nah, this is wrong. I, I cut it. Uh, so cool. But let's let's see what uh, Brett, how Brett determines how uh, we have an edge. One way yeah. of accomplishing this is historical investigation. While history may not repeat exactly in markets, we can identify patterns that have been associated with a directional edge in the past and hypothesize that these will yield similar tendencies in the immediate future. By knowing market history, we identify patterns to guide trade ideas. So how can we investigate market history to uncover such patterns? This has been a recurring topic of reader interest on the TraderFeed blog. If you're going to mentor yourself as a trader, your efforts will be greatly aided by your ability to test the patterns you trade. After all, if you know the edge associated with what you're trading, you're most likely to sustain the confidence needed to see those trades through. So I, I, this is a great topic and, you know, I'll get asked all the time, you know, how do I recognize these setups? How do I recognize, you know, I I always talk about former runners, you know, people are like, well, how do you know, where's the database of former runners? And this is, goes back to, you have to have the long, you have to have the steady trade mindset because you can't, you can't absorb all of this market history in two days, two months, etc. You have to be one of the reasons stocks to trade pro is a year long program is spring's different than summer. Summer's different from fall. You know, winter, winter can be trade, you know, the, the beginning of the year, the end of the year, there's all these seasonality things. And if you think going in, you're going to somehow digest all of this market history into a few days or weeks, I mean, you just got to show up every day, look at those charts and, and see them over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and like, I can, I can only think, I mean, a lot of it, and you've said it before, is just having so, as much screen time as possible. Yeah. The more time you've got. I, I, I always call it looking at charts till your eyes bleed. I mean, obviously that's, you know, a, 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 a exaggeration, but when you look at some of the traders that we featured you on the, you weren't being serious, <laughs> you, you, you literally until <laughs> that was an exaggeration. Well, I know you keep trying. Well, I know your Thanks eyes are always. Thanks for pointing that out. Thanks for pointing that out. I was thinking, uh, how, how, how many, how long do I have to keep my eyes open? Well, 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 keep in mind, Stephen, I'm talking about looking at your eye, charts till your eyes bleed, not having bloodshot eyes like you do every morning. Okay. There, there's a difference. You, you realize the difference, right? Uh, I'm just pleased to clarify this. Okay. <laughs> but, but if you, but yeah, there's a difference between bloodshot eyes and looking at charts till your eyes bleed. So, um, but if you look at some of the, 
most successful, the quickest guys that we've had. I mean, of course, the first couple come to mind is Roland Wolf and Steven Ducks. They've been on past episodes. Check those out. I mean, if you want to talk about looking at charts and screen time, those guys do it. I mean, you know, hours and hours and hours a day. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, it's crazy because sometimes when I if I'm trading and I'm I'm like speaking to a friend or whatever, I'm like I'm like, dude, get out of this. It shouldn't be holding at this level. This price action looks funny, and he's like, no, 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 it's all good, and then I'll cover and he'll not cover, and it'll go back on him. And I just think if I've got that after two years, how much how much must you have? After the amount of years you've been doing, I mean, do you just see loads of random shit and like, like I don't know, like how do you describe it? Oh, it's interesting because you know, you're like uh, you're like a, a, a you're like a white Yoda. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that, but it is interesting how you'll you'll get people that'll be like, "Hey, what do you think of this chart?" and and I do it. People, there's actually a running commentary in STT Pro. I've I've talked with a few students, and they're like. You know, it's funny. I always used to, when I started, I couldn't figure out why you were always going blah when I would mention a chart. And then I talked to one of these guys like a couple of weeks ago and he's like, man, now it's like, I see these charts and it's instantly blah. And I know what you're talking about because once you get to that point, I mean, you can, you know, people will ask you about this. And I, I'm sure you get it. They'll be like, Hey, what do you think of this? First thing you and I do, what all good traders do is you look at the yearly chart you look at the intraday chart and it's amazing. And I'm not putting down new guys. That's why we're here is for the new guys and girls. But it's like, sometimes you're like, what are you looking at here? This chart is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. I mean, yeah, I had, I had a, a, a someone, someone say this, it was the stock that had just had the offering today. They're like, e -E like oh, yeah. Yeah, ECYT, they're like, it's just had an offering. Uh, why is it going up? And I was like, no, nah, dude, I've just read the news. They said they've closed the offering, not that they've got the offering. And he's like, oh, I totally missed that. I was like, well, you need to read it, <laughs> need to yeah. read it carefully, but it's okay. You've just made a little mistake. No big deal. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, uh, someone said, I think it might have been you probably said it to us in the past, like, Every year it gets easier. Like the first year is your hardest. Second year it gets a bit easier. Third year it gets a bit easier. Now it's it now keep in mind it's it's never easy. Okay, I don't it's care. Easier. Easier. There we go. Yep, yep. I just wanted you know because you know that that's the delineation I want to make. It, it, it does get easier, and I'll let you finish. But just remember, and I think that's one of the things that attracts us to trading is you're never done. It's never easy, but you're right. You you've got that exponential learning curve over the first couple of years. And it does get significantly easier if you stay in the game. Yeah. No, and, and that was coincidentally with having so much brotherly love. Yeah. Bro, it's like a bromance, even though we're nowhere near the right age to be brothers. Cause I'm significantly younger than you are. But um, the, the first thing that you said to me when we were first starting to arrange the podcast before we'd even spoke before you said, Stephen, whatever you do, don't quit. And these, yep. they were your first words to me on Skype. You're like, whatever you do, just don't quit because you will get it in the end. And from, I wasn't the quickest learner. My, my first 12 months were all red days, all, all red days. Um, and then I had a couple of green ones and I had a couple of green weeks Then I had a balance. And then now, now it's uh, mostly green days and every now and then I get ahead of myself and mess up. But but it, when you, year, it'll be all good exactly you're still 14 months 15 months whatever that number is 
Yeah, I, I use these analogies all the time. I don't care, you know, if you, I, I think a lot of listeners know, I mean, I'm kind of a weekend handyman type of guy. I mean, if you think you're going to learn everything about home construction in six months, nine months, I mean, I mean, you don't. I, I've learned these, you know, I, well, I started out doing construction with my dad around the farm when I was probably 10 years old, but then I got a fixer upper when I was 20. You know, watched a lot of this old house, read a lot of books, learned from other guys. I mean, I yeah. like to think that I'm, I'm, I'm by no means a master craftsman, but 99% of the stuff around the house I can fix, that took me freaking 20 years to learn all that stuff, you know. Nah, but, but, but people will say like, people will say to me, uh, how did you hang in there? How did you get through those rough times when you're losing constantly? And I said, just small goals. I just, all I wanted was a green day. Then yep. all I wanted was a green week. Then all I wanted was back-to-back green weeks. And it built and built. And then I wanted a green month. And it just builds like that. And that, dear listener, as much as I, well, hate's a strong word, as much as I dislike Stephen, that was a solid gold quote right there. I mean, that is your, the biggest reason 90% of traders fail is they want to quit their job tomorrow you know, they want to get rich next week. What Steven said is your goal. You want green and I'm beating the desk. Sorry, but it's hard not to beat the desk. It's hard not to, but um, (laughs) as a new trader, that is your goal. Green days, you know, three out of five green days a week, then green weeks, then green months, then multiple green months. Those are your goals. It's not quitting your job next week. It's not getting rich next month. Those are the guys that aren't around 15 months later, like Steven was. And, and on that level of inspiration and aspiration and almost a little perspiration, uh, let's uh, get on to the final clip, which is kind of an outro to the book. The goal is to make a work of art of your life by becoming the best you can possibly be. The great disease that afflicts most people is their inability to think greatly of themselves. It's not about narcissism, which reflects an absence of self, not authentic greatness. And it's not about new age self-esteem palliatives. Rather, thinking greatly of oneself is charting a path in life that makes a difference. It's living a goal-oriented life, not a life of drifting from day to day. It's remaining true to values and purposes so that life has worth and meaning. It's about making such a profound impact that someone, somewhere, will want to conclude their book with a dedication to you. Pretty high-level kind of inspiration there, but I think uh, probably the most important part for me was, uh, and the the whole essence is about being your own daily trading coach. And to do that, you've got to to be able to believe in yourself. And and a lot of people called me delusional in the early days. They're like, you're absolutely, because I was stupid on YouTube and I was mental on YouTube. And they're like, you're- Yeah, but I mean, I think think everybody, you you know, I think one of the biggest, one of your greatest qualities, I think is one of the biggest reasons people gave you flack because people had unrealistic expectations. And they're like, you know, here's Steven Johnson a month in, and they're like, all he does is lose. What a, you know, what a loser. He doesn't know what he's doing a month in. And it's like, yeah, buddy. And you wonder why you're not successful at trading because you expect him to master this thing three weeks into it. Yeah. No, but I mean, but that's the thing. But you've, you've, just, you've just got to believe in yourself. And, you've got to, and he says you've, you've got to believe that you're something a little bit different and you can achieve the best things that, that, that you want to achieve. And, 
And uh, the, I think the key to, to being successful, not that I am, I was overall profitable last year, which is very cool, but the, the key to being successful is just self-belief and small goals. Uh, why, why can you not do it? I used to think that like, not what, why should I be able to do it, but why should I not be able to do it? If I put three or four hours a day in studying, why, why not me? That's what I used to think. Why not me? Uh, and that question has, has done me a lot of good over the years. Yeah, I agree that, 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 you know, in, in that grinding mindset, you know, that, that willingness to show up every day. I mean, when I was getting started trading, you know, 2007, 2008, I, I had a business. Did oh, you have sure. any doubts you, you were not going to make it? Did you think I am not good enough? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pl- pl- plenty of times. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I can't, I, you know, I, I, uh, I will admit that I, you know, and this is something that, that they talk about a lot in, in self-help books or whatever, but, um, you know, I, I will admit that I, I am my own worst critic. Um, they talk a lot about, you know, when you, when you're doing self-talk and stuff, you know, if you talk to like your friends or someone else, the way you talk to yourself, you know, you'd have no friends. So, so I'll move on. But, but yeah, I mean, for sure, you know, back then, 2007, 2008, I'm like, you know, is this right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what I was getting at is, is, you know, even though I had a business, even though I had kids, I was determined to show up every day and get that 1% better. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, but like James Altucher has a quote, like if you're, if you get 1% better each day, that's not 365% better in the year. I mean, it's like 4,800% or whatever that number is. But if you show up every day, do that prep, look at charts, even if you're not trading, you show up every day, grind, grind, grind. And that's how you, you ultimately find that success. But if you don't have, you know, if you don't, know what the end game is. If you don't know what you're going to do each day, that's how you have to show up. And that's how you have to get a little bit better. Yeah. People don't realize though, like you've got to look at progress on a three months time scale. Like every three months, how was that three months ago? How am I now? How, how good was that six months ago? How much am I now? What are, what are my losses six months ago compared to what are my losses or break even our gains now? You've got to look at big pictures. You cannot just look like I've got better in the last few days. And I think uh, it's a great way, you know, journaling is a huge thing, you know, do, write down your thoughts uh, and, and, and review those. One of the things I like about, again, what you did with your YouTube channel is it was basically a journal, you know, you yeah, were sharing it, journal, yeah. but, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure if you go back and look at like I your cannot, first, I cannot, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> if you go back and look at That's your first crazy. like two episodes, You'll probably be like, oh, I was such an idiot, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know how people could watch it. I don't know how people could watch it because the level of technical analysis and fundamental analysis was so terrible. Uh, but I don't know. People, people, people appreciated it for, for, for publicly taking the losses uh, and with, with humility to a degree. Um, and someone else who has humility is, is the, the, the next star of the, of the show, I don't know if I want to jump onto that. Do you have anything else to say? Do, no, do no, no. Anything? I would say, well, well, this is the last thing I would say, and I'm pretty sure I said this in part one of this episode. But, I mean, if you're an aspiring trader, Daily Trading Coach by Brett Steenbarger, I mean, it's pricey as books come. I think it's 25 bucks or something like that. But even if you're not a reader, 
you know, you can get the audio book like Steven did, you know, I'm, yes, I, I, and, but you know, get on the treadmill, whatever. But I mean, if you don't buy this book and you don't read it, if you're not willing to commit to like literally like five minutes a day, that's the beauty of this book. Each chapter, maybe a long chapter is 10 minutes. If you're a slow reader, do it, just buy it, read it, read one chapter a day or two or three or whatever, but, but buy this book there, there is no, I mean, there's lots, there, there's tons and tons of great trading books, but I always say, if there is one, if there's one you have to have, it is the daily trading coach. Okay. And yeah. And, and one final treat for, for the end, I, I got a, a text message. It was, it was from a, a girl who I, and met at the, the Tim Sykes conference. We both met her. Uh, she's a fan of the podcast. And she, uh, she loved your rendition, Tim. Well, it was all that I could do to keep from trading. Sometimes it seems so useless to pay commissions. And she loved it so much uh, that she wanted to do her own uh, and she's put some uh, I've heard a bit of it but I wanted us to hear it together on air uh, so so I, just I a, just a quick background if you go back to you know go back in our archive there is the I think it's episode 28 the slow market blues I did a yeah. a, a a terrible rendition of David Allen Coe's you never call me by my name and uh <laughs> And for some reason, it did inspire some listeners. So David Allen Coe, um, a little more edgy than than Kenny Rogers, but uh, they are contemporaries. So we had this, uh, this listener was inspired to do a Kenny Rogers tribute to the podcast. Okay, and our name is Jude. Our name is Jude, just so she gets the credit. Okay. Signed up with the challenge with Timothy Sykes. But I needed more hand-holding, and nothing seemed more right. So I signed up with Tim Bowen. How was I to know that all I ever needed was stocks to trade pro? <laughs> was confused in sector madness, November and December. Then we had a small market crash. What could I do? So I spent more time listening. To all the lessons, they said it's not a good time to trade now, or you'll lose all your dough. So I listened to my teachers, both Tim and Tim, telling all their students to be careful going in. Spend time with your family, watch Netflix in bed. But most important of all, I remember what they said. You gotta know when to hold them And to keep holding them Wait for the right place Soon they will come Don't throw out your hard-earned money Cause you are bored Use the time to study Until there are more runs I decided to write the song after hearing Bowen sing, it could have been a country song. It was a big debauchery. Tim, if you need help, 
With your lyrics and your vocals, I'm on Pacific Standard Time. You can call on me, I'll end this song now. To put things in perspective, trading is hard if you don't have the right mindset. I want to thank Tim and Steven for all your humor. Listen to Steady Trade Podcast and remember what they said. You gotta know when to hold them and to keep holding them. Wait for the right place. Soon they will come. Don't throw out your hard-earned money because you are bored. Use time to study until there are more runs. Well, uh, and, and if I, yeah, I, 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 I mean, no bullshit. I have, I mean, I don't know if it shows up on camera, but I have tears running down my face. I, 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 I I'm sure it probably came through on the video. <laughs> that might be no, the greatest works. song in, in, in country stock trading history. I mean, if any music producers are listening, then her name is Juden and we can, we can send you ideas. <laughs> Good eye. This is Keith from Down Under, and I like to ride my Harley through the mountains while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing report on iTunes. I did. And... This is how we say goodbye in Australia, mate.